Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. Wow, thanks. It's great, great to be with you guys today. Um, this is my first time at DCC, and uh, Pastor Andrew was welcoming everybody, and it's my first time, and they let me preach. So if it's your first time, you should come back next week because you may be running this place in about a month. Now, pastor appreciation is always a, a great honor for me to do, and, and you can usually read. I get invited to do a lot of pastor appreciations, and you'll find out why. Pastor appreciation sometimes is like, like homecoming in the football game. You invite the team that you can beat up on. And so after you hear me preach, you will really appreciate your pastor. Like really appreciate what you get every week. Pastor Rocky and I have been friends for um, right at 70 years. Um, I, I knew Rocky when uh, I was five foot two and he had a mullet. Like I actually physically saw the, the business in the front party in the back with Rocky. That's how it went for us. And I knew Rocky when I heard Rocky rap. Have you ever heard Rocky rap? You have? Wow. I'm just going to stretch my hands and pray for you right now. Just Lord touch these people. I knew Rocky when I knew Rocky when he scored really high on his ASVAB test and was really nervous about getting drafted into the military because we were going into Desert Storm. And so he would pray that he wouldn't have to go fight Saddam Hussein. Um, I knew Rocky a long time ago. And so Pastor Andrew, when he called me, he said, hey, DCC is looking forward to having you. And they'd love to hear some Rocky stories. And so I got to thinking about Rocky stories. And I said, well, what's, you know, what are some good Rocky stories? But then I was reminded, I can't tell those stories. We're in church. <laughs> and then on top of that, my mom's here. I can't, and I don't know the statute of limitations on all those stories. I don't know how that works. But then I was reminded, we're also in a middle school. And a lot of these stories are very appropriate for middle school. And so what I decided to do was tell you just one or two stories about Rocky. Okay? Just real quick. One time, pastors, uh, Rocky's dad was our pastor. And one time, they left town and my parents left town. And Rocky had a 1992 GMC Jimmy. Is that right? 1985 GMC Jimmy. Maybe we had it in 92. I don't know. So anyways, I say we because I couldn't drive. And Rocky would take me everywhere. So his parents were gone. My parents were gone. They left us some money. We got the keys. And we, we went to Rocky's house. And we came up with a plan. And late that night, we took off. And we went down the streets. And we found some folks that that we maybe didn't need to be hanging out with. We got in front of them. We started talking. We decided right there that we would sing a song, share a scripture, have prayer for the needs of the people. <laughs> and then one time, Rocky and I, we were at... Um, we were at Florida church camp meeting, and there was like 5,000 people there. So we snuck out of the church service, right? And we decided to go to Bahia Beach and we had met some young ladies and so we all got together and we, uh, we sang a song, <laughs> we read a scripture, and we had prayer for the needs of the people. <laughs> then one time we went to Savannah and my dad left us the keys and some money and I don't know what happened when we got lost and ended up in South Carolina and we were in a place that we shouldn't have been and so what we did was we just sang a song. <laughs> read a scripture, and had prayer for the needs of the people. And that's how you combine a church story and a middle school story right there. Now, it is great to be with you, and 
It's great to share with lifelong friends. And as I was thinking about this day, I was thinking about how special it is and how, you know, you can't see this stuff when you're younger. You, you have no idea what God's going to do in your life. And if you could map it out, you wouldn't map it out as great as it really is. And I know I don't get to come here and I don't get to spend as much time with Rocky and Mandy as I, I'd like to. And, you know, I've known Mandy a while too. And ironically, Mandy is not aged. She looks exactly the same as when she was 17. And so when you say this is a beautiful couple, uh, Mandy makes the beautiful part and Rocky makes the couple part. <laughs> but I was, as I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, Yes, we're, we're proud of you, my family, and, and I'm proud of you, but proud is just not the right word. I think thankful and grateful is the right word. And so grateful for your impact in this community, uh, grateful for your impact in, in your family, grateful for the impact really around the world and how you're making disciples of all nations. And so I know your local church family says thank you to you, but we say thank you for all the kingdom work that you're doing. We love you guys. Okay, so Acts chapter 20. Turn there if you've got a Bible. We'll spend a few minutes in here. Acts chapter 20. Let me set up the stage for you. The book of Acts opens and it's got a lot of action. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, they're in the upper room. The Holy Spirit falls. The, the baptism of the Spirit happens. There's empowerment to go and make witnesses. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're running out in the streets. The church is on fire. There's things happening. People are getting saved. And then down the road, a couple of chapters later, Saul's on the road to Damascus. And he has this conversion experience. And so Paul starts preaching. And he goes through the whole thing. And we find Paul in chapter 20. In verse 7, he's on his way to a place called Troas, and this is what happens. 20 verse 7. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. There were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man and put his arms around him. Don't be alarmed, he said. He's alive. Then he went upstairs and broke bread and ate. And after talking until daylight, the people took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. This is an interesting and amazing story for a lot of different reasons, but really probably one of the most important things you need to learn and know about this story specifically for today is this. If you fall asleep while I'm preaching, you may die. <laughs> and we have scripture to back that up. And I don't think you have confidence in us like you would Paul to raise you from the dead. So you need to stay awake. But more importantly, um, the story of Eutychus teaches us a couple of things about about what we need to know individually and what we need to know corporately in our, in our fulfillment, in our learning, in our growing in the Lord. You see, we read this story and it's kind of an odd story because so many times we see people in the New Testament, you know, Lazarus dies in the New Testament, Ananias and Sapphira die in the New Testament. We see these different pictures of people dying in the New Testament, but this guy Eutychus dies and he's in church. And I mean, who among us doesn't get a little bit sleepy in church, especially when the pastor keeps preaching on and on past midnight, don't say amen there because it's Pastor Appreciation Day. But Eutychus starts to nod off. And as Eutychus nods off, he falls asleep. Now, let me set the stage for what's happening here. 
The writer tells us here, Luke tells us, that in this room, there's a lot of lamps, okay? And we know, we know what the windows look like here, but back in the day, in those days, the, the windows were a little bit longer and taller, and there weren't as many safeguards that could happen in the room. And so the writer's teaching us here that there's lamps inside, and they're going, they're talking for a long time. In fact, it says it's after midnight and, and, and I just get this picture. I don't know if you've ever been on a mission trip, but, you know, I, I picture this crowded room and there's no electricity and there's probably not a real good kids church, you know, so there's probably a bunch of kids in there and the babies are getting sleepy and there's all kinds of stuff. And, and you know, not everybody has the same commitment to personal hygiene that, that we might have. And so I imagine this room is cramped and it's, it's rocking. And so after a while, Eutychus starts to get sleepy and he falls asleep out the window and he dies. The story of Eutychus is important to us because it teaches us something that's kind of our theme for the day and you need to understand this. Eutychus teaches us that distance and drowsiness can lead to death. The story of Eutychus teaches us not so much in a physical way but in a symbolic way that distance and drowsiness can lead to death. Now, I don't want to overstate this because we don't know if Eutychus was forced to sit in the window or we don't know if it was too crowded or if he chose to go over there just to get some ventilation. But we do know that there was some distance between Eutychus and what was happening in the room. We do know that he wasn't up close under the teaching of Paul. He wasn't right there. In fact, let me, let me say it this way. He was in the room, but he was not engaged in the room. We have a lot of people in churches across America like that. People that are in the room, but they're not necessarily engaged in the room. How many of you know there's a difference between being there and being there? If you're married, you know this, because when your wife talks to you, you hear the things, but sometimes you're just not there, and you don't really hear the things. And then she says, what did I just say to you? And if you're a good husband, you have this tape recorder running in your brain, and you can recite the last six words that she just said, so she thinks you're really listening, but I don't know. Eutychus had created some distance between himself and what was happening in the teaching of Paul. Now, yes, they went on and on. They went after midnight. They were going, they were preaching and teaching. And that doesn't really translate into our culture world. But the first thing we need to understand is this. There's flexibility and there's priority in the word. There's flexibility and there's priority in the word. In other words, they decided there's nothing more important than what we're hearing from the Lord right now. And, and that's not feasible for us in the place that we live. And I understand we have time constraints and, and our culture is different. But there should be a certain amount of priority placed on the word of God. We have to make room for the word of God in our lives. We have to say, you know, there's a time to shut the phone off. There's a time to, to close the laptop. You know, there, there's a time that, hey, we can watch the ball game later. This has to take precedence in our life. Not enough amens there. This has to take precedence in our life. We have to come to a place where we value the word of God above any other information. Because here's the thing. This isn't just information for you. This is inspiration. This isn't just a how-to manual in your life. This is not just some story about somebody somewhere that you can maybe draw some cute parallels. This, this isn't a TED talk with a scripture. Okay? This is eternal life. The words that are in this book will change your life. 
This book brings life for us and it ends death for us. This book can guide us into all truth. And there's a lot of people in the world that are saying, hey, I've got truth. Hey, this is the way it's supposed to be. Let me tell you. And let me, listen, there is no one that has any more valuable truth than the eternal words found in this book. And so for that reason, we can't allow distance to creep into our relationship with God. We've got to shrink the distance between us and God. And one of the ways we do that is by making the word a priority. We have to make time for it. You've had it happen before. You've, you've seen it when distance creeps into your life. When it comes to spiritual matters, the prayer starts to diminish a little bit. Your devotional life starts to slow down some. You know, maybe I'll just read some scriptures that are familiar or, you know, maybe I'll just get a verse from the day on the Bible app or, you know. Those things are good, but we have to make this a priority for us to the point that when God speaks, we don't say, well, hang on, Lord, the ball game's on. No, I'm gonna shut that down because I wanna hear this. And that's what this church did. They were making the word a valuable priority in their life. And as he's preaching, we see that Eutychus is placed himself physically. We don't know what his mindset was. We don't know what his attitude was. But physically, he was out from under the teaching that was going on. You have to be careful not to let distance creep into your spiritual life. You have to stay fervent in your prayer. Stay fervent in your devotion life. Make sure that you are committing to the spiritual disciplines that have to happen in the Christian walk. But you know what? There's another place that distance creeps in. Did you know distance can creep in to your relationships with those in the body of believers? Not only do we guard against distance creeping into my relationship with Jesus, but I have to make sure that my relationships with my brothers and sisters in Christ are still close and connected. Because while Eutychus was over in the window, we know where he wasn't. He wasn't in close with the crowd. He got off by himself. He was doing something different. Maybe he was trying to get a little ventilation. Maybe he was just trying to get a fresh, just a little bit of fresh air. Maybe he'd been working all day. Regardless of the fact he was over in the window, he'd created distance between himself and the body of believers. You know, we see that happen a lot in churches. You've seen people that say, I, I don't really need a church as long as, I, long as I read and pray, I'll be fine. You know, I, I can stay home and watch church on TV. It'll work that way. I don't have anything against people that preach the gospel on television. Thank God for them. The value and importance of this local body is immeasurable. Let me put it this way. If you go to the hospital, good luck trying to get somebody on TV to come visit you. If your marriage starts to fall apart, good luck calling them up and saying, hey, can you give us an hour for, for marriage counseling? And that's not their fault. They've got a lot of things going. But here's what happens. One of the valuable pieces of this local body is that you can pick up the phone and say, Pastor Rocky, I need prayer right now. You can send a text to Pastor Andrew and say, hey, listen, I'm going through a difficult season. Could, could we sit down and talk for a minute? That's important and it can't be replaced. And if you're not careful, you allow distance to creep into those relationships in this body and it, it creates a separation. It creates a separation. The scripture teaches us this. You were placed in this body for a purpose and for a reason. 
You're not just here arbitrarily. You're not just here because, oh, I just decided I'd walk into DCC one day. As much as you may think that, God the Holy Spirit has positioned you uniquely in this body for a specific purpose. And any time that you allow distance to come in and separate you from these healthy relationships that are in here, it's a recipe for disaster because distance and drowsiness can lead to death. We have to be careful. We have to be diligent. We have to be alert. We have to say, I'm going to be intentional about developing relationships in this local body. You can't just show up and sing and put your money in the plate and go and not develop any relationships. In fact, Jesus said in John chapter 13, he said it this way, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples, not by miracles, not by how much money you give, not by how talented you are or how well you can pray in front of people. You might be so eloquent. You might have great speaking ability. That's not how people know that you're from Jesus. John 13, 35 says, by the love that you have one for another. What that means is this. When you show love one for another, that's attractive to the world. That's the most effective form of evangelism that you can have showing love one to another. And conversely, when you fail to show love or fail to show authentic relationships to the world, you can discredit the message of Jesus. Think about that for a minute. The world understands that you're from him by the love that you have one for another. And if you don't show that love or don't have that love, then the world would look at this and say, why do I wanna be a part of that? I've got enough drama in my life now. I don't need any more of that. But when you have real, genuine, authentic relationships developing in this healthy type of atmosphere and you say, you know, just like when the members stood here moments ago and the pastor says, we want to laugh together and we want to cry together. We want to go through the good times and the difficult times. And when the world sees that, they say, you know, I want that kind of love in my life. Think about how valuable your local church is to you. That's why we have to guard against distance creeping into our relationships. If you miss too much church, you should, you should feel something inside. You should feel this thing inside that says, you know, I, I'm kind of lonely. I'm kind of aching on this thing. Like I, I need to get back with my people in my tribe doing my thing. I need to be here. Thank you. You, you got to get to a place where, where you say, this is a valuable thing for me. That's why it's important for us to say, I'm going to develop the relationships here. I'm going to get connected here. So Jason, what are you trying to tell me? What, what, are you, what are you saying we should do? Here's what you should do. You should get more involved in the local ministries of this church. You should pray about missions and missions giving. You should pray about small groups and serving. When the serve day comes up, don't sit home and say, I can rake my own leaves. No, no, get a rake and come out and start developing relationships because the people that you serve out there will see the interaction between you and your brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's how a lost and dying world knows that Jesus is real. By the way that you treat each other, distance and drowsiness can lead to death. Now, in the story, drowsiness isn't separated from distance and it's not separated from us today either. Today, symbolically, drowsiness represents this. It represents a lack of alertness. 
It represents a lack of alertness. They're not spiritually alert. Eutychus is sitting in the window and he kind of nods off and he gets a little bit drowsy. Have you noticed a certain amount of drowsiness in the church today? You know, at the risk of sounding like the old guy in the room, let me sound like the old guy in the room. You ready? When I was a kid, there were some TV shows that we couldn't watch because they had, uh, they had bad language in there and they had sexual innuendo in there and there were things in there that weren't appropriate for Christians, much less children to watch. Did you know that many of those shows, I'm flipping through the channel the other day, many of those shows are now on Nickelodeon. It's promoted for our children. I'm not here trying to bash TV or preach against watching TV. You know, that's awesome, whatever. But I am saying this. We as the church have to be alert and be awake and know that there are forces outside this room that want to destroy your family. There's no other way to put it. There, there are forces outside this room that don't care about you and your marriage and they'll do everything they can to tear you apart. You know why? Because they don't have the truth. They haven't made the word a priority. They're out for their own gain. But Jesus said that he came so that we could have life and life more abundantly. And so we have to stay alert. The scripture puts it this way. Be sober-minded. Be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But we, we have the truth and the light, the message of Jesus Christ. And so we have to stand in a culture that's getting drowsy and sleepy and says, anything goes, everything goes, do what you want to do. We stand up and say, no, that's not truth. This is truth. The truth of God's word says this. The truth of God's word says this is how we are to live. The truth of God's word said this is the healthiest way for us to be. We as a church have to be alert. We have to be awake. We have to be prepared so that we can know when the enemy attacks. Drowsiness starts to creep in sometimes though. You get in a routine, you get doing things the same way, you just kind of get lulled to sleep. But the scripture admonishes us, don't go to sleep, don't fall asleep because distance and drowsiness can lead to death. And so Eutychus falls asleep. And he falls out a third story window. And the Bible says, and the young man died. Happy Pastor Appreciation Day. Let's just pray and go home. Does that sound great? <laughs> no. There's something else in this story. Two things I want to share with you. Twice in the passage, he's referred to as a young man. And for us today, that's important because there's some elements of a young generation that have allowed distance and drowsiness to creep in. There's some things in... in and that's not their fault, it's our fault. It's our fault because we allow drowsiness to creep into us. We allow distance to, to be created between us and the Lord. We've got to wake up and breathe some life into some young people. The message of the gospel is one generation away from being unknown. In the book of Judges, it says there arose a generation that knew not the Lord or the works that he did. I don't want that to happen on my watch, do you? So we've got to be vigilant. We've got to be diligent. We've got to infuse the message of Jesus into a younger generation. But Eutychus was laying there on the ground and Paul went down, much like the story of Elijah and Elisha, and he stretched himself out over and he breathed into, breathed into him and life came back. The word Eutychus means this. It means one who's found favor with God. And symbolically for us today, here's what that means. 
There are some of you that are in positions right now and you know that you're there because of God's favor. But unfortunately, there's some, there's some distance and drowsiness that's been created. You know God told you to start that business. You know God spoke to you and opened doors for you to open this business and it was going great. But now for some reason, the budget's just not happening. Now for some reason, it's just not working out. And, and you're wondering, is there any life still in this thing? Let me remind you, you have found favor with God. When you submit your life to him, the Holy Spirit fills you and you have found favor with God. And things that seem lifeless and broken and empty, he can speak life to immediately. There's some of you and you're in this room and you're married. And when you got married, everything was great. But for some reason, you just keep, you just keep butting heads. And year after year, and you say, well, maybe this is just how it's supposed to be. And the enemy starts whispering in your ear. And if you were truly honest, you would say, my relationship is broken. And I don't know if it's even alive anymore. Let me remind you, you found favor with God. And God can breathe life into a broken relationship that seems dead. Maybe you're here and it's your children. You raised them the right way. You prayed with them every night. You made sure they were in church. You did what you were supposed to do. And now you don't know why they're not serving the Lord. You say, God, I tried to do everything right. And I just think that my kids, they're spiritually dead. I don't know where they are. I don't know what's going on with it. Be reminded you found favor with God. And that God can breathe life and bring restoration and healing into any situation. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.